Thanks again for listening to the Park Hills podcast. If you need any more information about Park Hills, the podcast that we're doing, the sermon series, anything like that, the Park Hills Church app or parkhillschurch.com. circle back just a little bit i know some people might get very much up in arms and the fact that we did a podcast episode on 19 and 20 and now we're going to do one in 18 the realists and the linear thinkers in our midst might say (laughs) what are you guys doing this is ridiculous torture if you're taking notes like how am i going to shimmy 18 back in there amen brother shimmy it back in uh I really recommend the little carrot symbol where you just make like a triangle that points out and then just write all the notes in the side of the notebook. There you go. That works. It fits. They're Mm -hmm. there. So we're going to look at 18. We're going to read a little bit of the passage, talk a little bit about it. We've both had some amazing people in our life who have mentored us in various different ways. Uh, I'm talking to one of the people who's mentored me tremendously. Ah. And you can't return the favor because I mentor you in no way. I no, just, that's not I true. make your that's, life more miserable. That's not than, true. You've actually become a mentor of mine. So. Oh, that's so sweet. It is. Uh, no, it's true. It's a weird feeling. Uh, yeah. So Jethro. It, it's a great name, by the way. Great name. Been phenomenal. And he shows up. This is Moses' father-in-law. I'm going to read a couple of verses. Verse three, well, two and then three. So now Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, had taken Zipporah, Moses' wife, after he had sent her home, along with her two sons. And the name was of one was Gershom, the other one was Eliezer. Now, the, the father-in-law then comes and talks a little bit, and I love this part in verse 8. Then Moses told his father-in-law all that the Lord had done to Pharaoh and the Egyptians for Israel's sake, all the hardships that had come upon them in the, in the way, and how the Lord had delivered them. And Jethro rejoiced for all the good that the Lord had done in Israel, in that he had delivered them out of the hand of the Egyptians. Can you imagine not having been a part of the story so far and here Moses brings all these people out of Egypt and you're like, what? so what happened? Oh, you have no idea. Let me tell you. And, you know what I'm saying? Just like think about going back a little bit. Yeah, he hadn't been getting his emails. Yeah, just imagine, you know, and then your staff did what? It turned into a serpent and it ate the rest of the serpents. I mean, just little stories like that. Just imagine how long this would have taken. Really cool night. I think you you really did it in injustice by skipping verse seven there. I mean, Moses went out to meet his father in law and bowed down and kissed him. You know, that's that's a good relationship. Maybe we should, maybe we should talk about that in a minute here. About, well, I think good. You and I having daughters, we're going to say right now: if you have any desire to be a part of our families, that is a verse that you probably should commit to memory. That's right. Kiss the ring. <clears throat> yes, when you come to my presence, you will bow down. You will kiss the ring. <laughs> And then we'll talk about the great things that God has done in your life. And then you may or may not still have a chance. (laughs) Absolutely true. Absolutely true. So this is where it gets fun. Verse 13. The next day Moses set to judge the people, and the people stood around Moses from morning till evening. And I think when we think of leadership, especially from Moses's, we always think about the, the sea being spread or the, you know, the staff becoming a serpent. We don't think about having to listen to court cases of these yes. people that are wandering in the desert. Yes, squabbles. All day long. Yes. And then she took my pot 
and she put a plant in it. And I don't like those kind of plants. I'm allergic to them. So what are we going to do about this? And Moses? now my now my pot cracked, and I don't want to be a crack pot. Just just imagine how annoying this would have been. And anyone thinks about leadership, this is really what leadership is. Yeah, and I think you know that's why we'll see the laws later on here. But anyway, yeah, that's leadership. <laughs> that is leadership the, uh, in a nutshell. It's not always what it's uh, cracked up to be from the outside looking in. No, it is not. And so then Moses' father-in-law does a wonderful thing. He says, what is this that you're doing for the people? Why do you sit alone and all the people stand around you from morning till evening? And Moses said to his father-in-law, because the people come to me to inquire of God. I love this. They're coming to talk to God, but because Moses is the only one they'll let talk to God in the next chapter, they're freaking out a little bit. So they sort of, they just want Moses to talk to God for them. And then when that happens, then Moses comes back and says, well, here's the decision that was made. And what Jethro does here is great. He says, no, 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 no. You need to place people over them. And uh, goes down to verse 21. Moreover, look for able men from all the people, men who fear God, who are trustworthy and hate a bribe, and place such men over the people as chiefs of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens, and let them judge the people at all times. Every matter, great or small, that they bring to them, uh, Sorry, any great matter they will bring to you, but the small matters they will decide among themselves. So it is easier for you, and they will hear, they will bear the burden with you. If you do this, God will direct you, and you will be able to endure, and all these people will also go to their place. And Moses listened to the voice of his father-in-law and did all that he said. Mm-hmm. Beautiful moment. That is. A lot of uh, just incredible wisdom there, if, especially coming in from the outside. And then, you know, sometimes when we're in the midst of our craziness— we don't even see how crazy it is. Yeah, And here's Jethro, a little bit older and wiser, is just taking one look at this going, this isn't working. Right. You can't do this. You're, you're, you have limitations and, and you're way too far down in the weeds as a leader. Yeah. It's super helpful advice. It's great advice for anybody who's thinking about leadership or who's currently feeling totally overwhelmed in leadership. And there's some part of what our job is that we have to do. Yeah. We don't get to get away from it. We don't get to send other people in charge of it. But what a great word of advice. You have these, you know, potentially hundreds, millions of people wandering in the desert, and Moses is trying to decide everything for everybody all the time. And Jethro's going, no, 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 no. The potted plant, that case should never have come to you. <laughs> That's right. That should have been dealt with, in the at least in the round of 50s. I don't know about 10s, but for sure the round of 50s, they should have been able to take care of it. Yeah, filtered it out. So you know, it's very practical. <clears throat> and these moments are, are really good for us. And again, I think sometimes that we uh, don't want to humble ourselves to take advice and, or we don't want to th- even ask for it because we think, oh, it's fine. I got this or whatever. But that's really a, a pride-driven mindset. And mm-hmm. so over the years, I've really come to appreciate people that have just spoken into my life as, you know, coming in and, and with a fresh look, you know, you can do that with any building or even any home. You can walk into it, have somebody fresh walk into it and just say, tell me what you think. And they point out all the things that you walk past every day. You never noticed. Yep. Uh, and that can be true with our lives too. I remember years ago uh, when I was a youth pastor in Florida and I started to build a relationship with Daryl Lawler, who was youth pastor here. And he came down and he's like, he, he just went through my daytimer at that time. And he said, what are you doing with your time? Stop that. And he really just started to cross out all the stuff that was important to me that I had filled my schedule with. He goes, no, focus here, focus here, focus here. Mm-hmm. Uh, within that was sort of the do few things and do them well. And, and really, 
this whole idea too speaks to just a spirit of discipleship, which has really been important to me in ministry. And that is, you gotta you gotta back away and let other people do things, and so often they do them better than you did. And uh, I mean, that's great stuff. Um, I think that sometimes we don't trust other people to do them, or it's like, oh, if I don't do this, it's not going to be done right, or whatever. And there again, that's that pride or that ego stepping in there, and there's uh, there's a lot of risk in that. There is, and it's a scary thing to let anybody do anything that you feel, either whether it gives you validation or whether it gives you the props that you're looking for or whether it even just gives you a sense of purpose and fulfillment, right, that you, you're able to accomplish this, no one else is able to do it. What a small view of the world and of life because none of us are going to be here all that long. And that's even part of what Jethro is saying to Moses. And we have to remember at this point Moses is in his 80s. So uh, that guy should not be in charge of all these decisions. That's true. Yep. So Needs help. So what's the best advice that you know we've received from mentors or people along the way? I think uh, you know from a pastoral realm, um, the pastor I served down in, in Florida uh, that I served under, he was very, very... Um, cautious and sensitive toward anything that would would trip him up in the, in the realm of immorality mm. whatever those temptations might be be they temptations toward money or toward um stepping outside of the marriage or any of that kind of stuff and his um hyper alertness to it if you will or hyper concern for it really got, got my attention because it's not you know, I wasn't sitting there thinking that that's something I need to worry about, but to see this man who is uh, much older in life and and just being very cautious and guarding uh, the reputation of the ministry, guarding his reputation in the community uh, with such uh, vigilance that it really made me think, oh wow, I should do that too. And um, it, I think that I I would have been naive to it. Um, but then he talked about that so often just because he, we would talk about these leaders that had fallen and stuff like that. And we, we met every Monday morning and we would go out to breakfast and we would play some pool together. That's just our, always our time to talk. And, and, and again, it was just, it was always on the top of the list of what, of what to be looking out for. And then just to make sure our own personal walk with the Lord is, was strong and healthy and vibrant. How about you? That's that's really good. <clears throat> I love that. Uh, there have been so many times that I have needed help and didn't know I needed help, and then people stepped in and gave me help in ways that I didn't even know I needed. So there have been times where I've had conversations with you over the years, not even when I worked here. Uh, a lot of conversations that we've had that have been most meaningful to me were when I wasn't working here because you would reach out to me and say, hey, how are you doing with this? What's going on? What are you thinking about for the youth ministry in this way? And I would get it, you know, just great advice from somebody who had done it way longer than I had done it, way, way longer. Calling me old? Yes. Okay, uh, cool. But it was wonderful. It was beautiful to have somebody that I trusted who I saw do really, really good things uh, pass that on to me. Uh, there have been moments in my life where people have pulled me aside and said, what, what are you doing? Kind of like what Jethro is doing here. You're mm. burning yourself out right now. You need to calm down. Uh, you've done that here a couple times. Just said you're spreading yourself too thin. You gotta yeah. you gotta back off of a couple things. We gotta figure out how to how to make this work. 
because uh, I am one of those guys that likes a lot of things. I'm interested in almost everything, so I don't mind working a little bit here, 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 here. And uh, so that's been helpful advice, just to start to learn what my lane is, where I stay best, and what that looks like. And so, you know, even as I um, think about whether it's advice that you've given or whether it's advice that other pastor friends have given, or even my father-in-law, and I know we both are blessed with, with a father-in-law who loves Jesus, uh, it was really nice for me from a a more unchurched family. My family did start going to church when I was young, but I'm saying up until that point, and even after we started going to church, it still wasn't the household that I would have dreamed of. Um, you know, I love my parents and I love the whole situation now when I look back on it and how there were a lot of good moments, but you know, um, it was nice to marry into a family where not only was Heidi's dad a pastor, but Heidi's grandpa was a pastor. And so a lot of our family meetings, you know, get togethers would eventually lead to us sitting on chairs far away from everybody else and me just picking their brains, you know? Yeah. Uh, hey, what do you think about this? And one of my favorite conversations that I ever had with Malcolm, my wife's grandfather, I said, Hey, where do you land with the whole, uh, Arminian, you know, Calvinist thing? He said, you know, I was one for a while and then I started leaning the other direction. And he's like, I'm, I'm old enough now that I, I just don't think it matters that much. I was like, sweet. So I'm going to, I'm going to bypass that entire angst part and jump in my Calmanian. Here yeah, I come. Yeah. My 26, 27 year old self. I'm like, I, it's not that it doesn't matter. It's an important conversation, but for someone like him who was so wise and so learned and so, uh, you know, so such a faithful servant of the church for all those years for him to finally say, it doesn't really change my view. I'm just about God. I want to follow God. I want God to do what God's yeah. going to do. I like, mean, that's really helpful advice. It helps me bypass a lot of the dumb seminary conversations that, that we have. So, Yeah, some of those gray areas can be so almost entrapping and, uh, and distracting, I think, yeah. from what, what things really do matter. Obviously, these you know, higher-level discussions do need to take place, and, and we need to look into them and have our own grasp on them. But, yeah, to, to realize let's keep the main things the main things and stay on track. Yeah, it's. Uh, I too have a, a godly father-in-law, and always appreciate his wisdom. And even more so, having my father pass away, you know, more than twenty-five years ago, so early in ministry for me. And Charmaine's dad has been in ministry for years with Campus Crusade for Christ. Was a missionary in Africa for a while, and just a lot of good, good wisdom, and gives you an idea that you know the in-law relationships do not have to be bad we've make a lot of jokes about it and obviously they're funny intense moments but uh when the lord's in it those relationships can work yeah and i feel bad for anybody who doesn't have that type of relationship with an in-law why wouldn't you try to foster a better relationship and i understand that it's not possible some folks are just so unyielding and, un right. and you know it's just a bad situation but i am grateful for that part and i and i look at this passage the exodus 18 passage and you're looking here at a man who loves the Lord, Jethro, coming to his son-in-law who also loves the Lord, and he's able to give advice to his son-in-law. His son-in-law does what he's asking because he knows that he, his father-in-law has his best interest in mind. And I wish that more of us fostered those types of relationships where we, we have built such a strong foundation and such a, a good you know, building of trust that if we say, what are you doing you don't take that offensively. You don't flip out. You don't, you know, get all defensive and, and freak. You just go, 
you know what? That's really good advice. I'm going to do exactly what you're asking me to do. And so whether it's a father-in-law or whether it's a mentor or whether it's anybody else in our life, maybe we need to start with asking that question. Is this mm -hmm. good advice? Should I listen to it? Should I do it? And in that, we're both blessed to have good father-in-laws who have done that for us. And we're hoping that you have people like that in your life too. Yeah. I think I'd even add that the elders that I've had the privilege of working with over the years, there have been many times when, you know, we've gone into meetings and been stressed about something that's going on and, and there's just some calming influence of, hey, listen, yeah, people may say what they will say, but we are here to please the Lord and Him first. We're not here to please man. And there might be times when we have to just accept that people are upset, but we go back to Scripture and we say what pleases the Lord. That's all that matters if we're on that track. Good stuff. Very good stuff and very, very good advice. This chapter is a beautiful chapter, and it certainly gives us a lot to think about. So sorry that's out of order but you're going to be okay. That's good advice. <laughs>